The world of data management is constantly evolving. How do you stay on top of these changes and make sure your company is using this valuable data as efficiently as possible? In this episode of KPMG's Privately Speaking, KPMG audit partner and host, Erica Whitmore, talks with David Jarzik, principal in KPMG's Tax Innovation Group, to discuss the importance of data management for growth. I'm uh, really excited uh, to talk to David Jarzik. Um, he's got great background and I think a lot of really important information to share with our listeners um, as it relates to data. And with that, David, if you can give us a brief background on yourself. Sure, Erica. Thank you for, for having me on and hello to everybody. I have been an entrepreneur for, for 20 plus years coming out of college. Um, I, I have had two firms uh, that I'm proud to say were successful, depending on how you define successful. The first firm was a intellectual property and valuation consulting firm. And that services firm ended up selling to Duff and Phelps um, after five years being in business. And the second firm was a tech company, a data company, um, that focused on intellectual property and financial information and how companies were innovating. And so with those two companies, that one, um, the, the, the second company was um, actually privately sold. And so I've been able to bring that in, that, that experience and, and, and hopefully the, the, the energy and the joy of entrepreneurship in-house to KPMG in order to help serve our clients, especially those who are entrepreneurs or who have grown to a, to a size of, of a certain element. David, thank you for sharing that background. And I think, you know, I think for our listeners today, it's really important, a really important topic, right? Data, protecting data, how data, how you can use data to, you know, provide insights for your business, et cetera. But something, David, I know you're truly passionate about, right, is whether that data is correct. <laughs> and so maybe, maybe if you can give us, you know, one or two examples of, you know, the importance of data and, and not just the use of it, right, but, you know, that it's clean, good data, consistent across sources, et cetera. Yeah, as we started talking to clients of, of all sizes at KPMG since I began my journey here, what we started to realize was, yes, everyone has a job to be done. That job can be anything from managing the supply chain and making sure that we have the right assets in place or the right inventory in place to finance and making sure we have working capital to tax, making sure we're paying the proper tax amounts um, and, and doing our obligations there. The challenge really was that, that that job was made harder by finding good, clean, trusted data to, to allow that job to take place. So the reality is, no matter what my job is within an organization, as we peeled back this onion and spoke to folks in different functions, we realized that the job itself wasn't that painstaking, but getting clean, proper data was really the challenge. And those challenges could be anything from the numerous data systems and, 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 and data information systems that are out there to the owners of those systems and, and why they have that information and how do I get access to that information. And then there's this final element, you know, our clients would go through all of this work to find the information, find the stakeholders or owners of that information, and then try and pull it together. But then across systems and across an organization, the data actually didn't match. It didn't reconcile. It didn't validate. 
And really now we're stuck with a situation which is, hey, I've got these great apps, these great tools, these great models in order to have great answers, but the data that's going in, I can't trust or it's not matching or it's not correct. So how can I trust the data that comes out of it? And that's really where this journey began. And I think the most interesting story I would tell is, you know, once COVID hit, it, it, it basically amplified it amplified the silos of data that are out there. Now, these data silos, we can talk about them in many different ways. Who knows why they happened? Each function had something to do, so they created a system in order to get their job done. Perhaps that was the reason. Or perhaps, you know, companies have grown over acquisition or growing new systems over time or changing systems over time and data didn't transfer correctly. That's all fine. But when COVID hit, it actually caused companies to become nimble or want to become nimble. And then the challenge became, oh my goodness, I can't get my data to sync. I can't see who my suppliers are, what new suppliers I can onboard, how I can order uh, the proper or the new amounts of, or quantities of a particular asset or a particular widget that I'm going to put into my system. And all of those things started coming out under COVID when, for, when firms were forced to be nimble and quick in order to deal with supply chain issues, to deal with the stoppages in work, to deal with working from home, etc. One of the greatest examples we have is um, one of our clients actually works on printing ink, uh, printing labels and the ink on the labels. They make both the, the printing of the labels and the actual ink that goes on pharmaceutical products. And you could imagine how important that is. We don't want any mistakes there. And the mistakes that they're worried about are, God forbid, I get bad, in, uh, bad ink or some sort of bad paper and it hits the sun or it hits water and all the instructions and directions and warnings disappear. Right. And right. Under, under, COVID, under COVID, we ran into that situation, one of our clients, where they were buying from suppliers they never bought from. They were buying chemical formulas they were not used to. And they got proper permissions from FDA across the board in order to do so. But the systems themselves could not cannot record what was taking place. And now our clients are trying to unwind all of that that, that, that just happened because of COVID. And that's one of the situations that we ran into and, and it really amplified the, the reason to look at data and how we validate data across many systems. No, that's a that's a great example, David, and I think one that, you know, everybody can understand, right? Maybe real briefly, one other example that we had talked about earlier that I thought was really, really important, and I think highlights the importance of looking across several systems to make sure, like you said, data is correct. Yeah, so one of our clients, actually, they import a majority of their products from China. And when they do so, there's actually an interesting rule um, that, that duties need to be paid on imports from, from China into the United States. They import these, these, these parts, they create a, a bunch of chips and chipsets, et cetera, and then they go ahead and ship them out to customers all over the world. Now, the rules in the United States, to be very specific, are when you import from China, you pay a duty, but if you export that product from the United States after doing something with it, you get a refund. The biggest challenge is there's one procurement system. There's one supply chain system for the manufacturing plants. There's another for distribution, and then there's another for sales. And the data across those four or five different systems was not matching quantities, sales, amounts, and targets. 
So the problem was our client wasn't able to go and ask for the refunds due to them, cash due to them, right, in order to do great things or, or, or to grow their business. Those refunds were not coming back because they could not put all those systems together and reconcile that data. And what we were finding was that one of the biggest challenges out there was when it comes to compliance, the number one issue these days, it seems to be, is compliance officers know that the data is not going to reconcile. So our goal was to say, hey, how do we get this data to reconcile? How do we help our clients get these systems to continue to work the way they do for the functions, but how do we validate that data to take the data issue off the table. Let's make it about the rules, about the laws, our refunds do, our refunds not do, but the data itself is trusted. And that was that was one of our success stories. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's really important. And I think, you know, one thing that uh, we talked earlier about, um, and just to switch gears real briefly here, is cybersecurity, right? And if you're a startup company or a high growth company and you're moving fast, um, you know, trying to make your product work for, for your customers. Um, it's not that it's an afterthought. I, d I don't think it could be for anybody at this point, but it's becoming increasingly important, right? So what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, when we look at our at the tech industry in particular, there's there's so much great work that they do with the with the interactions we have with their apps and their user experiences. But when you grow fast as a tech company or any company, you start taking on more and more assets. So for example, tech companies start taking on more and more servers, more and more computers, more and more employees are utilizing those assets and moving around the world as, as companies go global. And the challenges that we found is the same companies that we love as consumers that can do no wrong actually are having the hardest time tracking where their assets are. They can't even track in many cases what they paid for those assets. And so the, the, the real stinger there is when you take a look at that, that impacts your accounting books, your financial books, your reporting, your taxes, depreciation, inventory, et cetera. So once again, we're in a, in a world where there's multiple systems tracking information and there was not one single source of information that said, here's what we own today and here's what it's worth. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe, David, if we if we kind of take a step back and I'm going to reference um, an article that that you that you wrote in terms of democrat democratizing data, how organizations can eliminate the silos that hinder growth. You know, I think that was a really, uh, really good article, especially one for our audience. So hopefully some folks can can take a look at that. But I thought it was um, interesting, right, to um, for companies to take a step back, right, and think about their data strategy. So maybe if you can talk about that just just really briefly, right? Because I think I think what we've talked about so far is there were problems that, that needed to be fixed. What can companies think about in terms of their data to be proactive so that they can hedge off, right, any potential issues that, that we've discussed? Absolutely. And these are one of the things I wish I had learned. And, and unfortunately, I learned it too late as an entrepreneur. But what happens is as you grow and as you build multiple systems, you start looking at cybersecurity. You start looking at security internally, who has access to what data. You start looking at the rules that are out there, whether it's geopolitical or within your chief information officer or chief data officer's rule books. And the problem is we put all these controls in place at the source. 
So what happens is you have one particular system for, let's say, procurement, another system for finance, another system for accounting, and sometimes many systems for accounting if you're global, right? Okay. And the problem is all of those systems don't speak to each other because of security, and that's fine. But our point of view is let's take a step back. We understand the problem. The problem is we want to make sure that data doesn't get into the wrong hands, and it does get into the right hands. So the way we look at this problem is to say, hey, let's free up the data on the front end of this, of, of this value chain. Let's take a look at data as it goes into the systems and let's let it speak to each other. Let's see if this, what the sales number, for example, or the units number that you put in the procurement system matches the number in the sales system, matches the number in the finance and accounting systems. Let's do the work up front and let's get a single source of truth. Now let's lock down that single source of truth and give the proper permissions around that, whether again, it's geopolitical or it's, it's within the organization for whatever reason. So we're looking at the problem a little bit differently than historically the way it's been handled. Again, it's freeing up the data to compare it, to validate it, or to show failures, and then it's locking it down once you have a single source of truth and giving the right certified information to the right parties. Yep, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, this is going to be a real silly question, David, but I still think it's worth asking again for the benefit of our listeners. Is there ever a time when it's too soon to plan that strategy? I honestly don't think so. And again, I'm going to go back to my entrepreneurship days. The, the biggest challenge I had in years one through three for both companies was I was working on one system for travel, one system for finance, one system for tax, one system for sales, um, et cetera, information. And the challenge is I needed information across all those systems to make some good judgments or at least make some judgments, right? And, and the problem is when you export that data, you can throw it into a data lake, you can throw it just into Excel, you can throw it into many different places. The challenge is how do I make that data speak to each, to each other, right? How do I get that data to talk? It's not right. reconciling. I'm seeing different numbers in different systems, et cetera. The reality is, and our goal is, we want you to continue to utilize those same systems. We want you to have minimal interruption in the way that you're using those systems, no matter what you're using them for. But if we can create some sort of a system which we have that listens to all those systems and brings them together and says something's not matching, there's a problem here. Every day that passes that we miss a failure like that is probably a day that we're going to miss an opportunity to fix that problem. And, and that's the way we're looking at things um, um, with our clients. Yeah, that makes a lot of good sense. Um, so in terms of, uh, you know, maybe if we kind of take a step back and we talk about privacy a little bit, right? And, you know, just what is data used for, right? How do you keep it, like you said earlier, in the hands that it should be and out of the hands that it shouldn't be? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, imagine a world where rather than protecting data at the forefront, which is what we're currently doing, and not allowing proper access to people who really could use it to make great decisions, imagine a world where we actually open up that data within, within, within reason, right, and within the rules that make sense for each individual firm, and we make sure that we have 
complete, trusted, and reconciled data across the firm. When it comes to things like privacy of data, it's, it's, it's a whole host of issues, firm regulations, geopolitical issues that take place. If we can let the data speak to each other first, and then on the back end, back end tack on the cybersecurity, tap, tack on the, the individual security and what's being reported, that is where security needs to come in. Unfortunately, I think many of us, including me and, and, and my companies, we were so focused on protecting the data from the bad actors, if you will, or from not being in a place where it should be, that we're missing the whole entire point, which is we're actually preventing the data from speaking and we're creating silos within an organization. And, and I'm speaking as a, from an example of five employees up to having 50 employees all across the way. If we can go ahead and allow that data to speak freely, if we can look at that data and, and, and cleanse it right on, right on the spot, whenever there's an error, let's take a look at it and have the responsibility to do it. Building the rules around who sees what, what is in that one source of trusted truth, that is actually something that I think most techs would, tech, techies would tell you is, is quite simple to do today. That makes sense, David. Well, David, this has been a really enlightening discussion. I, you know, any parting words for, for our audience listening in? Um, maybe anything, you know, you learned and you wish you knew when you, when you started your companies? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess, I guess at least a couple of things. The first is a, a prediction, right? And it's, it's an underhanded pitch prediction. If you take a look at what's going around the world, I, I, I absolutely predict that what's going to happen is suppliers, customers, companies, even governments and regulators, they're all going to start being connected. They're going to request connected live data with those permissions in place, of course. Okay. Imagine a world where my supplier can send me information and I get that information and it matches to what I've received or it doesn't and I can handle that. And then on top of it, I can do all the things I need to do for compliance, whether it's, you know, Food and Drug Administration, whether it's the FTC, whether it's the SEC, whether it's, it's the tax authorities, whatever it may be, right. I can take care of all that information on the fly and then report it real time. If you actually look at what's taking place, there's places like Singapore, Mexico, Costa Rica, and, and even within the European Union where we're looking for real-time or near-real-time reporting of transactions for a variety of reasons, generally tax. This is going to be the future. And the challenge we have today is we're not even speaking within one company. And now what we're moving towards is speaking amongst companies, right? Many different companies, our suppliers, our customers, et cetera. So I think one big prediction is we need to get prepared for that. And the firm that can handle it internally is going to be very well suited to handle it externally. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, when it, when it came down to learning something, I, I don't know that it's something that I could have learned at the time. We all hear these promises of what data lakes can do or what data science can do and all of that. There's, there's great room for all of those things, and I have great respect for them. But again, if we can't attack the problem at its source, bad data in in one system, bad data out from another system, I think we're going to routinely fail at having great insights and analytics from which to make good business decisions and make proper compliance reporting or whatever the case may be. So I think if I would have learned something, it would have been, let's find a way to connect that information up front and then protect it from those who shouldn't see it and give it to those who should see it. That's that's a great parting thought, David, and I think things make a heck of a lot of sense. So 
Thank you, David. Thank you so much for taking time out of your really busy day to spend with us and and for the benefit of our listeners. I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you, Erica. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to KPMG's Privately Speaking podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the series to be notified of new episodes. 